0: Immensely. You have treated us royally. You ladies fixed a tremendous meal on Sunday, and we got around as much of it as possible. Plenty left. Your southern hospitality, mm -mm, wonderful indeed. And uh, each night, uh, Carol Ann, this fellow Roger, is a deer hunter, and she knows how to fix venison. And she heard that I used to deer hunt. And she's prepared that stuff. And for three nights, we've had venison in one form or another. And it has been excellent. The hospitality has just been wonderful. Brother Frizzell, Brother Sparrow, Sunday, did an excellent job directing congregational singing. And old Harold, as you've noticed, has been doing a fine job each evening. You have participated in fine fashion. It's been a joy to be associated with you. And to get back with Randy and the beautiful wind under his wings has been especially a joy. Fine young man, and you're fortunate to have him working with you. I'd hoped that tonight we'd have a number of young people present, and I see that we do have a goodly number, and that's fine, though what we have to say may be of benefit in some way to those of us who are older. You recall in Daniel chapter 1 Nebuchadnezzar in the third year of Jehoiakim king of Judah laid siege to Jerusalem and God gave him the victory and he took some of the vessels out of the holy place back down to Babylon and put them in the temple of his heathen idol God. But he also took away out of Israel captives and among that first wave of captives, we have Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now these are young men. As a matter of fact, it's generally conceded that these boys are still in their teen years. You see, he had commissioned Aspen as the master of his eunuchs, to pick young men of the seed royal from among the nobles, highly intelligent, understanding science, quite capable, and he is to instruct them for three years in the culture and the language of Babylon. At the end of the three years, those who qualify will stand in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar, wise men, advisers, And they were to be fed with the dainties that came from the king's table and the wine that he drank. For a captive can't get much better than that. Now it is true. That they were castrated. They were made eunuchs. And for a Jewish young man especially. With their love of family. That was a terrible blow to these young men. But in verse 8. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel purposed in his heart. That he would not defile himself with the king's dainties. Young people. Daniel lives forever. Because he said no. A powerful word indeed. But notice purposed in his heart. Are you aware that we are immortal spirits? And we've noted that, made in the image and the likeness of God. And of course, God is a spirit, John 4:24. and Jesus said a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone, Luke 24, verse 39. So we are immortal spirits possessed of free moral agency. What is the power that one can possess to resist the Temptations of life and the strong force of evil that surrounds us every day, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's dainties. But you know, when you stop to think about it, hey, <clears throat> Daniel, man, there's a lot of reasons why you ought to say yes to the king's dainties. Now, you think about it for a moment. He's a young man, a teen. Voracious appetite. And this is the very finest food in Babylon. It comes from the table of Nebuchadnezzar. And I remember when our two boys were growing up. Bill and his friend would take them once in a while out to a restaurant, and they didn't order a Whopper. They ordered two Whoppers. They didn't order a Coke. They ordered two liter. And where all of that went, I don't know, but it disappeared. I remember a fellow 70 years ago or so, About the same way. And then just not too many years ago, that fellow found an ice cream parlor. You don't see that much anymore. Every drugstore in that day had an ice cream parlor. This fellow had not had a banana split in more than 50 years. And for some reason he was in there and he got to thinking, I'm going to have a banana split. And so he ordered that thing. When he got about halfway way through it, he had to leave it alone. I can remember when that fellow could eat too. And when you get on up there by 60, 70, 80, uh, <clears throat> appetite's not quite that Hey, He's a young man. This is the finest food in Babylon. Ooh, unrestricted. Uh, oh, but, but, but no, no. Uh, Daniel was reared by godly parents. Eh, people who observed God's law. Under the law of Moses. And he was familiar with the scripture. He hath humbled thee. He hath suffered thee to hunger. And he fed thee with manna which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know. That he might make thee to know that man shall not live by bread alone. But by everything that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. And you knew that. He understood it. Jesus gave us that same example did he not. Following his baptism, latter portion of chapter 3, the book of Matthew, verse 1 of chapter 4 says he was led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he afterward hungered. And those who know the physical, biological makeup of the human frame tell us that when that hunger pang returns that second time, you either eat in a few hours or you will die. You cannot go beyond that point. And old Satan said to him, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. I've been over there where that's supposed to have taken place, and I can assure you, no lack of rocks. Close your eyes, stoop down, you pick up a rock, it's there. What did the Lord need above every other material need? Physical sustenance. He needed bread. He's going to die. What did he say? It is written. What? It is written. Written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He also quoted Deuteronomy 8 at verse 3. Hey Lord, you're putting the written word of God above your physical life. Certainly, if you don't do that, you can't win. It's out of the question. You're not the top gun. Fastest, most accurate. Strongest, eh? All that fades. You can't keep it. Daniel purposed in his heart. Suffer? where. Oh, yeah. No question about that. Affliction? Oh, indeed. All who would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Lose your life? Oh, sure. Well, oh, that's just your physical life. Well, what was it Jesus said? Uh, Matthew 10, verse 28. Oh, fear not him who can destroy the body. After that hath no more that he can do. But rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Dedicate your life to God Almighty, you impregnable. Satan is powerless against that kind of commitment and fidelity. Purpose in his heart. What? Daniel, man, that's good food. You're 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 passing up. Then too there's the you know <clears throat> the interest in his career. Hey, man. I mean in three years, and Daniel is a sharp young man, there's no question about that. He wouldn't have been chosen. Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, same thing. Same there there fine, intelligent young Daniel. Man, at the end of three years, you are going to stand in the presence of the king. You're, you're going to be visible. You're going to be known. You will be an advisor to the potentate, practically, of the whole world. In How many people do you know who have sacrificed spiritual principle, and their morals to get to be known in this world, uh, to become an idol of young people, impure, ungodly, immoral, whatever it takes, whatever shame and a disgrace, sell your self-respect for prominence among men, God forbid, but it's happening today, say selling their souls just to get to be known. It is tragic what is happening today. But, 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 but there's another reason. Daniel Man Nebuchadnezzar is the sole potentate. I mean he has no more concern for human life than squatting a fly. You rebel against what he has to say, off goes your head, he never think a thing about it. Won't even know your name, care who you are, you're dead. I Daniel, man, to refuse to eat the king's dainties could cost you your life. Right. What was it Jesus said? Revelation 2, verse 10. Oh, be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. Oh, quite literally, he's saying, Be thou faithful up to and including, if necessary, a death of martyrdom for what you believe, and I'll give you a crown that'll never fade. you have got to lose your physical life anyway. It is appointed unto man once to die. Hebrews nine twenty seven. 27. Stroll through the cemetery demonstrates that adequately. but the portion that follows that. In the twenty seven verse. After this, the judgment. It is appointed unto man once to die. We not have any question about that. It's going to happen. After this, the judgment. The basis of that judgment. Jesus said he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my sayings hath one that judgeth him. The words that I have spoken the same shall judge him in the last day. John 12 verse 48. Every one of these is a word of Christ. This testament was validated by his shed blood. He 9, mine. Verses 16 and 17. We've noted that a number of times. It could cost you your life. Right. That's your... Physical life. You're going to lose that anyway. What was it Jesus said? Matthew 16, verse 26. Well, what shall a man be profited if he should gain the whole world? Lose his own soul. Death isn't the end. That's where it starts. That's who you are. Friend, you put the attention here to this. Oh, this is going to burn up. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth and the works that are therein shall be burned up. But till God dies, you and I will live. Yeah, but God won't die, you get the picture. These shall go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Verse 46, Matthew chapter 25. You'll live forever. And what is my armor? What is my strength that Daniel purposed in his heart? That's what it takes, yes, sir. Uh, Wait, wait, wait old Daniel. Hey, man, you're going to be unpopular. I mean, all these other fellows gathered here, you know, they've been chosen and they're looking forward to standing in the king's presence, you know, and being. Daniel Goody Two Shoes, he's going to ruin it for us. Daniel can't eat of the king's dainties. Did you know? That the opposite of courage, many times, is not cowardice. No, no, it's conformity. We don't want to be different. And that's especially a problem with young people. I understand that. Sure. We don't want to be different. Daniel purposed in his heart. The hairs of his head are numbered. He breathes God's air, he drinks God's water, he eats God's food. Wears God's clothing. He walks on God's footstool. He dwells literally in the hollow of God's hand. Purpose in his heart. You can't lose. No, no. That's what Romans eight twenty eight's all about. All things work together for good for them to them that love the Lord and are called according to purpose. Is there? no question about that? If you needed to really check it out, you could drop down three verses. You know, verses thirty one through thirty nine. Uh, we've read that, haven't we? Why, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? doesn't matter who is against you. He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall not he also with him freely give us all things? It's God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It's Jesus Christ who died, was buried, raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation. They get his famine, peril, sword, even as it is written for thy sake, we're killed all the day long. We were accounted as sheep for the slaughter. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, through the end of the chapter, verse 39. Mm. All things work together for good to whom Daniel purposed in his heart, mm-hmm. set his course in the light of God's instruction. that'll win that'll work uh, uh, but 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 Daniel you you'll never see your parents again, that's right, Daniel grew to an old man. But he lived and died in Babylon. Ever saw his parents again. He hey, Daniel, who, who's gonna care? I mean, what difference does it make? You you're a prisoner, you've been castrated, you're off down here among these heathen. What difference? I'm made in the image and the likeness of God Almighty. It is for me that God is concerned. Oh, then I need to commit my life uh, to him. Was well, you know, though, you know, sometimes young people have a problem with this. Spring break, group head for Florida. You aren't careful. You get down there on the beach. Many of the beautiful young ladies don't wear enough material to make a pocket handkerchief out of. And that's tragic, a shame, immoral. lasciviousness. Oh, the definition of that is tending to produce lewd morals. Mm -hmm. And somebody brings a case of beer. And even youngsters, uh, good youngsters, I'm not talking about bad people. You know, drink a little and the first thing you know. Tipsy and uh, almost every kind of thing. Hey, hey, hey. I don't care if you're in Point Barra, Alaska or if you're on the beach in Florida. You're a child of God Almighty. And I remember that Jesus took upon himself flesh and blood oh, that he may, through his death bring to naught him that had the power of death that is the devil and might deliver all who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Hebrews 2.14 and 15 you're not subject to bondage. You don't have to worry about physical death at all. The Lord takes over. That's where it begins. Oh, for those who resolve purpose in their hearts only to accomplish the will of God. It's the easiest thing in the world when we get after from under authority. And we're not fully mature. We're not quite conscious of personal responsibilities. And that young lady in Aruba that's never been found was leaving a bar with two men who were native to that place. And that's the last she's been seeing. You know, when you read the paper or the media, uh, whatever, most of the shootings are in connection with uh, drugs, drinking, or bars. Have you noticed that? I'll never be shot in a bar. I don't attend the bar. And besides that, anybody that be there two thirty in the morning needs something done to his head. At two thirty in the morning, you need to be in bed unless you work third shift. You know? Hey. But if we aren't careful, we get away from authority, and we, you know, hold our own. We, young people, we need to make a commitment. Uh, that will enable me to know who I am wherever I may be and maintain a high standard of morality. You know, today, even with regard to sexual purity, oh, there are people who are ashamed to admit that they're pure. Why? Because it would appear that most are prostitutes. Surely not. Surely not. I mean, our thinking uh, to the end that we'd be... We, 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 don't want to acknowledge virginity or, or purity? Conformity. If we aren't very, very careful. Well, a lot of reasons why Old Annual, just a teenager, would want to eat the king's dainties, but he resolved in his heart he wasn't going to do that. He didn't intend to defile himself with the king's dainty. Let's notice one or two reasons why he made that decision. In the first place, the food on the king's table would be on Queen. Anyway, the food on the king's table would be unquestionably well, These heathen didn't know anything about what God said about food. Oh, with regard to the consumption of meat, eh, God had very clearly told the Israelites in the law of Moses that unless the animal parted the hoof and chewed the cud, you couldn't eat the meat. Ah, that old pig, he parts the hoof but he doesn't chew the cud. thus pork. Out of the question. Can't eat that, be a sin. But these heathen didn't know that. Ah, the Coney he chewed the cud, but he didn't part of the hoof. Couldn't eat that old lamb. I mean, but they. But somebody says, "Well, man, look around you. Look at that broad-shouldered, tough soldier there in the army of these Chaldeans. Why, the very I doesn't hurt them. They didn't. that has nothing to do with it. Numbering yourself by yourself, comparing yourself with yourself, shows you without understanding what did God say? Oh." God said they were not to eat of that kind of flesh. Mm. Uh, More than that, uh, Daniel realized that the preparation of that food would probably not be in accord with God's instruction. You you remember Genesis 9 verse 4, but uh, flesh with the life thereof, uh, which is the blood thereof, shall you not eat. Not only that, in the New Testament, Acts chapter 15 verse 29, we're to abstain from blood. And he's, he didn't know that. So that food might not be properly prepared at all. And Daniel didn't want to defile himself. You know, back when they used to just kill animals, and now you have to kiss them to death, I think, because we've got people to hug the cows and so on and all. Well, never mind. But back when they had the old Judas goat, you remember? He'd that steer in there. That old Judas goat go right on under. Whoop, right around his neck. He couldn't get away. The fellow standing there with a the long sharp knife and hit that jugravine, vein and some of them had a glass sitting up here and that blood would spurt and they'd catch it drink that blood that's a sin Acts 15 verse 29 not only is it a sin but blood is almost impossible it is the most difficult thing that you may ingest for the body to digest there's no benefit in it at all can't do that Daniel understood that. He didn't want to defile himself Ooh, with the king's dainties. You know, sometimes today, uh, people talk about blood pudding. <laughs> Song leader doesn't like that either. But uh, that's simple. Daniel didn't want to take that chance. He didn't. And besides that, uh, some of this food that would come from the king's table had probably been offered to an idol. Oh, and that's the way they worshipped the idol. They prepared the food, waved it, and offered it to the idol, and then they ate it. But, uh, Daniel didn't intend to destroy his influence. He didn't want anybody to think he's worshipping an idol. What the very idea. Well, oh, then, too, the dainties from the king's table would probably dissipate the physical body. wouldn't be what you need to eat. Ah, uh, know ye not that your body is a temple of God? That the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. 1 Corinthians 3 at verse 16. Daniel didn't want to defile himself with the king's dainties. And he made up his mind to that end. Well, now, what do you do about it? How, how did he go about this? Purposed in his heart, he would not defile himself with the king's dainties. Now, if we're not careful, we'll think, If that nitwit thinks I'm eating that junk, he's got another thought coming. You're dead. You're dead. There is no room in the kingdom of God for a smart aleck. Never. Under any law that God ever gave, there is no place for a smart aleck. Nobody appreciates a smart aleck. You're dead. Oh, no. Daniel wants to ask the prince of the eunuchs, he explained to him about his rearing, instruction of his parents, and his convictions. And he, he didn't want to defile himself with the king's dainties. Now you think old Aspen has said, uh, get out there on the chopping block, boy. We're going. Let me tell you something about humanity. He may have a gun pointed right between your eyes. But if you can convince him in humility that you're a servant of God Almighty... And you intend to do the right thing. Regardless of the consequences. He may kill you. But he'll sure wish. Deep down inside. He'll wish. That he were like you. The strength. That's the only source. Of strength. Aspen didn't turn Daniel in. He said in the vernacular. He said son. You would endanger my head. What's he saying? Daniel. If, if if Nebuchadnezzar hears that I'm not feeding you what he told me to feed, he'll take my life. And he won't think a thing about it. I mean, he'll just tell one of his executioners, I'm a dead man. Well, Daniel understood that. Why, sure. He understood the fears of Aspen. And so he said to the steward, the person who brought the food to them, he said, just try thy service for ten days, just ten days. Give us water and pulse to eat, and then you compare us with those who eat the king's dainties. What are you saying, preacher? You do all that you can do to perform the will of God. God will handle it. He'll take over. To the right. That steward thought that in 10 days can't hurt anything. He gave water and pulse, and boy, at the end of the 10 days, they were fatter of the flesh. They were fairer in complexion. That's it. He took away the King Daniels and gave them all beans and water. That's the best thing, anyway. But. Uh, How do you go about that? In humility. He expressed his convictions. The attitude and condition of his heart. His relationship to his God. Men respect that. But they may not act like they respect it on the surface. Sure, you may be persecuted. It could be you could lose your life. But the fellow who takes your life will wish that he could be just like you. But let me suggest to you that Daniel's no encouraged others to say no. You remember Daniel chapter 3. Oh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I'd better be (coughs) honorable with regard to these. Nebuchadnezzar erected a golden altar. Ninety feet high, nine feet wide. That's a skinny rascal, isn't it? 60 cubits high. Mm -mm. Six, Six cubits wide. Ninety feet high, nine feet wide, gold. He called in all of the rulers of the lands over which he exercised dominion. And he brought them together and he had his spokesman to tell them, Now when you hear the sound of all kinds of musical instruments, you must bow down and worship the image that I have made. And man, when they began to play those instruments, and they had, oh, all of these rulers and these people, they hit the ground, they worshipped that 90-foot image, but uh, certain of the Chaldeans came to Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, uh, certain of those Jews that you placed in the position of wise men, uh, for instance, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that uh, those were the names, of course, that Aspen had given them, Mishael, Ananias, and Azariah. But... Uh, He said, they're not bowing down to your image. Well, old Nebuchadnezzar agitated about that. He called him in. He said, uh, if it be an oversight, and if at what time you hear all kinds of mechanical instruments of music, you're willing to bow down and worship this image, well, but if not, you'll be cast the same hour into the midst of a fiery furnace. And then he cut his throat. He said, and who is the God that will deliver you out of my hand? I want you to listen to these boys. Sure, they may be a few years older now, but they're young men. O king, we have no reason to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, the God whom we serve is able to deliver us out of thy hand. But if not, listen, be this known unto the king. We will not bow down to your image, nor will we worship your gods. <laughs> That's a courage. Oh man. Nabuchanazer Vices would change. He is in a rage. Man he had them heat that furnace seven times its original heat, bound these men in their hosen and tunics, had the strongest soldiers in his army, cast them in and the power was so great he'd kill them on the spot. These boys went down into that furnace. O Nebuchadnezzar looked over in there and he said to all of the dignitaries that were gathered as witnesses, I mean, did we not cast three men into the furnace? True, O king. What is that? I see four walking about in the furnace and one has the appearance of a son of God. And he cried out and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come forth out of the fiery furnace. Those boys climbed out of there and all of his witnesses gathered Their hair was not singed. Their clothing was not scorched. Neither had the smell of fire passed upon them. Nebuchadnezzar issued an edict. The man who says one thing against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut in pieces and his house will be made a dunghill compost heap. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar did it all the way, didn't he? One way or the other, it... But the courage of these young men. Daniel purpose in his heart that he did not defile himself with the king's dainties, lived forever because he said no, and others lived forever because they learned a vital lesson from Daniel. But it's interesting as you read this to observe that Daniel possessed his convictions when he came to Babylon. Daniel knew where he stood personally in his relationship to God before he was ever taken captive. And that didn't change when he got down into Babylon. Even though he'd been abused, and now he's a slave, and he's going to spend his life in Babylon, that didn't change his relationship to God. He said no to the temptation the first time it was presented. He didn't have to look that thing over, you don't think. That <laughs> hey, Mother Eve, what did you say Satan? Huh? No, no. Daniel had his convictions when he went to Babylon. Young people, we need to establish our convictions through the study and application of God's word. Yield our lives from him, from whom every good and every perfect gift is received. James chapter 1 at verse 17. We dwell in his hand. He's our God. We need to give our lives in humble obedience to his will. And it's so simple. And yet it's a matter of faith. Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins. John 8, 24. Oh, but he said to believers, except you repent, you'll perish. Luke 13, verses 3 and 5. Oh, unto the penitent believer, he said to whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father who is in heaven. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father who is in heaven. In Matthew 10:32 through 34. And while that may be speaking of our demeanor, our behavior, representing him in the way we live, attitude, speech, conduct, it's nonetheless true with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10 at verse 10. Oh, Jesus said to the penitent believer, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And Peter preached the gospel, death, burial, resurrection, the ascension and coronation of Jesus Christ on David's throne at God's right hand, reigning over spiritual Israel. And his Jewish auditors were cut to the heart. They said in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to these believers, repent ye and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's in order to, for, unto the remission of your sins. So simple. But it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of commitment. Set your heart upon the accomplishment of the will of God. Make mistakes. Oh, yes. We'll fall short many times. Oh, but then God has a way of delivering us when we dedicate our lives to him. Tonight, if you're subject in any way to his invitation, as an alien or an erring child of God, if we can help you at all, why not come? Make your wishes known while together we stand and sing.